You can find out more on my Instagram at Quiet Fire Radio. Welcome back to Quiet Fire, the show where we celebrate female vocalists, classic and modern Australian and international. Someone joining me today as my guest from our nation's cultural capital. I've got Leah from Psychobabble. I've got to get that right because I've been saying Psycho Babel, but apparently I've been wrong. Can you correct my pronunciation, please, Leah? It, it is psychobabble. But I'm not the first person that uh, got that confused, right? No, no. It's kind of funny. It's, a, it's like a, I collect little audio clippets and a little uh, every time like a venue spells it wrong. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy everyone's interpretation. Of it. So we're here today to celebrate the release of your latest single, Grip. It came out on the 6th of September a couple weeks ago. How does it feel to have that out in the world yeah it's really good you know it's been a long time in the making it obviously got delayed a couple of times because of covid um and all of, all of that that's going on so it's nice to have it finally out now the single is your sixth single since 2017 in the life of the band where do you guys feel like you're up to do you feel like the last couple of you know the early releases were sort of trying to find your way and you'll find of maybe kind of getting there now? Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, our sound is definitely, like, we've, we've got a sound now, which is nice, and we can definitely work with that. And, yeah, I guess the first couple of the singles was us just trying to find our feet and have something out there so that, you know, we can play gigs. And, um, now it's more like sort of stringing a, a narrative together and I guess getting ready for an album to come out at some point. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that was sort of leading into a question I had for you later, but, you know, the choice to release, you know, a single every nine months or thereabouts, I guess, for the last couple of years, what is it that uh, has led to that rollout program as opposed to aiming to, to put out an EP or something like that? Oh, it's it's purely it's purely been a COVID issue. We were meant to, you know, the goal was to put out like a couple singles um, last year, a couple singles this year, and then drop an album early next year. But we just can't do that. So it's it's getting uh, stuff out when we can and how we whenever we can put it together, essentially. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, for people who don't fully understand the scope of it, I mean, it's not just the creative writer's block or artists losing work to fund these projects. It's also just the practical element of being able to congregate together as well. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the finding, you know, those small gaps when we're not in lockdown to get together. And then it's just like, you know, we want to use that time to just sort of get our, our live stuff, you know, tied again, because that's, you know, we're fundamentally a live band and that's where our strengths are. But it's just finding the time to record and then also, you know, getting the money together. Like, it's, if you're not playing that many shows, then you're not making that much money, therefore you can't. It's just like a, it's like a huge domino effect of reasons why we can't do what, exactly do what we want to do the way we want to do it. Yeah, that's right. And then on the other end as well, you've got to almost treat a release like some sort of investment in such a way that, you know, how do you recoup on putting that asset 
out. I mean, I spoke to someone on this show a couple of weeks ago. They'd spent two years recording an album, had their hand forced into sort of having the release happen. And then now the albums come out, they're just having several people hit them up and say, well, why can't I buy it on vinyl? And the answer is, well, A, we can't afford it. And B, you know, where are we going to sell it? Yeah, exactly. Like all these bands that are putting out music have the money or the, you know, the resources at the moment to do, to do it the way that they wanted to do it. And it's, it's, it's like, that's probably the most upsetting thing about it. But like, I would have loved to have done a music video for Grip and I would have loved to put it on like a little seven inch with the last single. And, but it's just, it's not, um, it's not an option we have at the moment. So we're just kind of making the best of this situation. Now, Psychobabble have been described as a concept band for the musical novice out there. You know, the, the concept album is a more common sort of sense that, you know, we understand. We understand concept albums, but much less so concept bands. Could you talk me through what a concept band is and maybe a little bit behind the concept of your band? So, like, I think lyrically, the character, there's a character and a series of stories that originally, like before I even started the band, I was like, oh, I'm going to write a comic book series and it's going to be about this character. Um, so every song is like a story in a timeline and we've messed it all up. And it's all in different orders. But yeah, she is, she's like every like intense like thought, experience and feeling I've ever had like put into this like crazy uh, over-exaggerated character. Um, and I kind of, it's kind of like therapeutic in a way to like write songs about experiences. And then obviously the songs are covered up by like the story of like, you know, she, she was born in like 1950 and now, and kind of up to now and all this stuff's happened. Um, and there's obviously songs that are in the story that we don't play or we've never released or things like that. So yeah, the, the, the story is based around her. Um, and that's kind of a character that I kind of play on stage. So I'm definitely not that confident in real life. So yeah, that's the concept. I guess uh, you just touched on what I wanted to ask next about the relationship between the character and yourself. How did you come across this character and what are, what are sort of the other primary differences you see between yourself and this being? She's more of like, the, I guess that's where the, the band name came from. She's like the, the chatter that goes on in my head when I'm dealing with any kind of, di- any kind of difficult situation, like a basic conversation. There's like a hundred thoughts going on in my mind. And she probably says all the right things in those situations, but she's, she's very extreme in her reaction. And she's super strong, confident and, and, a little psychotic. I, I don't think I'm psychotic, um, but yeah, her, her uh, approach to situations is really over the top, um, purely just because it makes for more interesting writing. But yeah, it's just a way for me to like sort of deal with situations at a distance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no doubt separating your own experience from the writing process would aid with being able to write a little bit more um, independently of the subject matter, right? Absolutely. Um, like when you're, when you're in it, you know, you can't really give yourself advice on anything. You're just feeling it very intensely. But when you, 
when I, you know, when I'm writing it as if it was someone else, then it's like kind of, it's kind of easier to give, give advice than receive it. So it's like a weird, yeah, it's like a weird journey that I go on with these, these, uh, you know, experiences. Now, no doubt, you know, when you're writing at home, it's one thing you can kind of, you've got the, the luxury of waiting for these artistic moments to strike. But is there any sort of, is there any ritual or um, habit that you have to do to kind of bring this woman up before a live show to find uh, her, if you will? Yeah, I, it's like the, the, the confidence to find her isn't always there. So like sometimes like I definitely come off stage and I'm like, oh, like I wasn't as scary today. I think it's just, it's trying not to stress. I stress so hard before I get on stage, making sure I don't drink too much and, you know, not worrying about silly stuff. Like if the merch table's set up correctly, or like I just get fixated on dumb things um, at shows. So just making sure that I'm, you know, hydrated and ready to go and my gear is set up, not the merch table. (laughs) Hydration's definitely important before a show. For once again, for those playing along at home and you know, a little bit less familiar with the concept of a concept band. Is there other bands who are rolling with this format um, in over a long duration of time? Um, I don't know of too many. Um, good good friends of ours, Jack Harlan and the Dead Crows, I are a concept band, you know, and they um, Jack Harlan being the character. Um, in their, their little narrative, and they're really sick. So if you haven't heard of them, definitely go check them out. Um, but I don't know of too many others. So tell me, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to cover every single one of the singles, but, you know, when this character was born, you guys opened with a single called I'm Not Human. Um, I'm just interested yeah. in knowing about the birth of this nameless character and, and that song and what that means to the, the mythos, I guess, of, of the band and, and, this, uh, and this concept? Um, well, that song is, like, way down in the timeline. The, the first, like, sighting uh, of the character, that song doesn't exist in Psychobabble land anymore. But I'm Not Human, uh, we've got a song called The Others, so the story of that is her, well, it's, it's a story about like ex- feeling extreme jealousy and then the story covered up with it is like it, uh, she th- thinks that she's been abducted by aliens, which is, you know, there's your, there's your psychedelic, you know, uh, rubbish there. And then the I'm Not Human kind of comes afterwards where she's like, contemplating whether she's like real or what, what is she, she doesn't know. But that, that song's about sort of uh, not being like one of the boys, you know, like, am I, I'm not human, I'm just a face is like, uh, essentially like, am I just a, a token, really, token female, which, you know, I was, I was like, I was like 18 when I wrote that song. So I was, I was pretty um, angsty and angry. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But I imagine, you know, there's, there's an enormous challenge that you already have to know the sort of the, the, the full history 
of where this character begins and ends or, you know, to know where things sit on the timeline. Do you know where the natural conclusion is or is that something that you're still letting reveal to yourself? Um, I know where she's up to now. I don't know where she's going. I haven't sort of written that far ahead. Obviously, I sat with this story for a long time. Like I said, it was going to be like before bands and music. I was, you know, I wanted to be an illustrator and I wanted to write comic books and that was going to be the story. Um, so I did sit with it for a while. So I'm very comfortable with her history. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure about her future. And of course, we'll get to Grip right now, the, the latest single. Where, where is Grip sitting in the timeline and what does that mean? I mean, I really, I'd really love people one day, my dream is for people one day to work out the timeline themselves, but it, this song probably comes right after Patience. She's got this, I guess, just come out of like this relationship the way that I, you know, I had. And the song's really about like all of my past relationships, romantic and friendship, and just like dealing with being, you know, possessively, you know, emotional and physical possessiveness. The, you know, she's quite sarcastic, I'm quite sarcastic. So the verses are very heavily covered with sarcasm. Like, how could I possibly continue on in the world without the guidance of a man in my life to tell me what's, what's the right thing to do? Like, it's, it's like a play on like fake damsel in distress. Um, and then she gets real angry in the chorus. Yeah, that's very cool. I, I'm, I'm sorry if I keep hounding on this, uh, this concept thing. I'm sure that you just wanted to talk maybe more broadly about this. Scene. Go for it. It was fascinating to me in any case. That's good. I've list, seen a list of some of your influences, but the one that really stuck out to me was a suggestion of a Billie Eilish influence. That was interesting to me because I'm assuming that that relates directly to your singing style and less about the more broad music, more about the, I guess, the music behind it. Is that accurate? And what is, what is it sort of about Billie Eilish, maybe thematically or aesthetically or in her singing style that has had an influence on you? Singing wise, I, um, I, I think I, I don't have a voice like her, so I, I can't really replicate her style. I'm, I think the songwriting is, uh, I'm really obsessed with the songwriting and then the production. So when we went into this, record this track with John Grace, we, you know, I was like pretty obsessed with the way that she layers vocal, the harmonies and, and, and then how they're, how they're laid. I don't know, that's a John Grace thing. He did that. And then like uh, all the weird sounds that like they record and sample in their tracks. So we use like a plastic flute to make what sounds like a, a, a synth in the song. And yeah, just production and then like the way that they play with like melody and rhythm. I like percussive melodies and I like when they shift and play off, you know, the drums, just like, uh, like Arctic Monkeys do a similar thing. Well, similar but different, but that's kind of how I like, why I like Billie Eilish. It's, and it's dark, like everything she does is like super dark and like and kooky, so I like that. Sorry, I'm rambling. <laughs> no, rambling is good. I mean, that's what we're here for. I mean, the, the, it interested me enough to ask simply because 
the vast majority of the recordings or the music of Billie Eilish sounds so minimal. There's not an extra, mm. there's no extra anything. But the vast majority of everything you guys have put together is musically almost the opposite. It's so expansive. It sounds large. There's, there's, there seems to be lots of layered guitars and things like that. So I think I was just asking because, you know, musically there's, there's a great deal of difference in between the two, right? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of, like, I, what I really like about being in this band is that everyone in the band has such crazy different um, influences and that's kind of why I think we sound the way we do. You know, we've got a drummer who has like a hardcore background and then our guitarist is like, you know, blues. Our bass player is, is jazzy. Um, and then I like, I love pop music and, and then it just comes together and it's all, you know, whatever it sounds like. So I think the more influences and the more like little things we can find is, is good. I, 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 don't, uh, I think pop music has a lot to, to offer in terms of like production and then like, you know, constantly trying to find new ways to redo things because everything's already been done. So it's, it's, it's kind of, it, it gets hard to make something original. You can't, really. Yeah, I noticed also that you guys had listed uh, King Gizzard, of course, as an influence. And I guess, you know, from what you've just described, it's really important that, you know, bands like that are, are living proof that you don't have to stay inside of one box artistically from album to album or, or even across a career, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm a big King Gizz fan. Like, I've... That's that's probably down because I put it there, but yeah, I I think I don't I don't like being in a box. I want to make whatever I feel like making, and I think the band feel the same. It's like whatever song we we decide to put out doesn't necessarily need to sound like the last one or sound like the next one. You, you just I we definitely have a sound, but I don't yeah I don't like the box. I don't want to live in the box. I don't want to live in the box. I think that's a great place to uh, to end it. I mean, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Might I finish with just a novelty question? See how you go with this. May or may not interest you, but, um, you know, we've spoken a lot about the concept today. Is there a concept band or uh, more specifically, more popularly, let's say, a concept album that is your favorite, that's a touchstone, a touch point, something that, you know, sticks in your mind or you immediately gravitate to that, you know, someone could get a hold of this afternoon? I mean, like, it's, I mean, I love, like, really extreme stuff. Like, I like the War of the Worlds and, the, like, that whole thing. I thought that was, when I, when I was a teenager and I, my, my parents showed me that, I was like, oh, this is insane. This is fully crazy. And at the time, I'm sure it would have been unlike anything else. So I'm going to go with that. To throw my own hat in the ring, you know what? After listening to your tunes and um, and knowing you're a concept band, the album that kept coming to me was uh, Deloused in the Comatorium by the Mars Volta. I don't know if you... Are you familiar with that record? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a concept record and something, you know, and look, when I was a little bit younger and, and more into prog rock, I'm less into prog rock now, but I could tell you the full backstory of what the hell that album's about, but alas, 
it um, it evades me now. I don't know what it is. <laughs> no, like in the end, it doesn't really matter. Hey, I as much as there's a concept and it means something to me. If you listen to our music and you're like, this song's definitely about the rings of Saturn being on fire, and you know, then that's what the song is about. I, I like, and it's fully um, for people making up their own minds on uh, uh, on that stuff. It's just, it's just a fun thing to have a concept, you know. Leah, it's been such a joy to have you on the show. If I wanted to find out more about Psycho Babble, where would I go to? Ah, uh, yeah, you can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook um, and on Spotify and all those fun, all the places you normally go to find band-related band, band uh, information. Thanks so much. <laughs> hey, that's all right. And just a shout out, you guys also have a band camp. If you um, are spending your Saturday night in tonight or whatever day you're listening to this, of course, consider throwing a dollar. I mean, the songs are what, a dollar or something? God damn. Just, you know, get into your pocket and pay for an MP3 for, for, for God's sake. You're not spending money on anything else at the moment as we are all in lockdown. To take us out Leah, would you like to give me a short introduction to your new single grip please this this is grip uh thank you so much for listening to me ramble um and uh you yep yeah, have a lovely day evening is this on at night time yeah have a lovely it's evening. on in the afternoon it's on the afternoon